0: hello alongside ryan sir i'm don Helbig, and welcome to the pick six the podcast by the attractions group where we bring you the latest stories from the attractions
1: and amusement industry thanks don before we dive into the pick six today uh just a reminder that you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps apple google spotify etc uh make sure you hit like share and subscribe on youtube as well tell an enthusiast friend about us we'd love to have him as a listener
0: all right well first up on the pick six we've got the legendary dolly parton she's making waves by bringing her pirates voyage dinner and show to the florida uh, panhandle in spring of 2025 the new venue will be at the pier park in panama city beach promising a spectacular experience Uh, ryan i think this is uh going to be a very popular a venue there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I believe the original one was actually in Myrtle Beach. And then the one I saw in Pigeon Forge was the second one. And I, I believe this will be the third, but it was a fantastic show. I'm very happy that the people attending will get to do it. Very family-friendly.
0: Yeah, it's drawing rave reviews in Pigeon Forge. So, uh you know, if, uh, you're going to be in that, uh, that area in 2025 of Florida, uh, Panama City Beach. Uh, you're definitely want to check that out. I think it's going to be great. And I think, you know, you're going to see it kind of expand to some other areas as well.
1: Yeah, uh, from what I understand, they, uh, they it was quite an undertaking building that building. There is water and there's stuff that comes from the, the ceiling and it, it's a full theater experience. So uh, definitely check it out. I'm with you. All right, let's move along. So story number two. So we are talking once again about Cincinnati's Coney Island. Uh, the park announced uh, a couple weeks ago at this point that it would be closing forever on December 31st at the end of their Night of Lights event. Uh, after the conclusion of that event, they will be closing and it will make way for a new music venue. Now, season pass holders are actually going to be refunded uh, for their amount. If you bought a season pass for 2024, you will get a full refund using your original payment method after the new year. Now, individual gift card people, the people that have gift cards, that's where the problem is because the word from the park is that they want you to use it before the end of the event on the 31st. So it's kind of a little bit of a gray area, Don, what do you think? Well, it is. And, you know, as you
0: mentioned, the pass holders? They're all going to get refunded automatically after new year's. That's great. Uh, the gift cards, what we don't know, cause we don't have a copy of the gift card is does it say on there December 31st? Because if it does, then, you know, the park says you got to use it. But if there is no date, you know, by when it has to be used, then I think that's a little bit of a gray area. And I think they should work with those gift card holders and do the right thing and refund them if they do not use it by December 31st.
1: I agree. And I think that if the gift cards expired on December 31st, this would would be a non-issue i don't think this would have made the news because i don't think anybody would have an argument that i can't use my gift card that expires at the end of december in may when the pool opens but you're right um i guess it's one of those things where i coney island has nothing to lose but why would you want to make your last impression on the city after a hundred and something odd years um sliding people on gift cards <laughs> but uh, i've worked for a company and- that did, that was bought out and we closed an entertainment venue And I know it was a huge expense refunding all the gift cards. I mean, for our small operation, it was tens of thousands of dollars, but that was factored into the business decision. Sorry, Don, you had a thought?
0: No, I was going to say, we don't know how many gift cards are out there, you know, whether that would be a substantial amount or, you know, it's just a few hundred people. We don't know. Uh, But I I would hope, though, they would do the right thing if it
1: is not dated on when they had to use it. I, I would hope so, too. Um. And and honestly, like you're you're right. It it could be a lot of money in gift cards. I don't imagine it is. It's probably six figures, I'd say. But at the same time, I don't care because these gift cards were supposed to be good for however forever or a certain amount of time or or whatever. And they knew about this money, they knew about these funds, and they knew that it was going to be a problem. So saying, like, hey, you have ten days to use this or else it's not worth anything um doesn't sit well with me but that's enough about that what's the next story all right in bittersweet news
0: after over 50 years Fire in a hole at silver dollar city is taking its final lap on december 30th uh this roller coaster you know themed after the ni- or 18 1880s mining town uh has been a cherished part of the park's history so it's always sad when a Ride as being retired. But what I liked about what they did is they gave everyone enough time to know that this was coming and, uh, you know, enough time to plan your, your final visit to take your, your last rides.
1: Yeah, I agree they gave a, about a year run time time uh, rundown for it. So that was pretty cool. So, I mean, anybody can have the opportunity to go out there and get one last ride on it. Uh, plus as we found out that's Although the ride was retiring, it's not the end of the story because they are going to open fire in the hole two next year. And I am very interested as to what that's going to look like. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, absolutely. What? What's next? All right. So let's talk about some SeaWorld. So SeaWorld Orlando is set to tantalize taste buds with the 2024 Seven Seas Food Festival with over 200 culinary offerings, 75 craft beers, and live music. It's a feast for the senses from global cuisine to local craft beers. It's a journey around the world blending flavors, coasters, and live performance. SeaWorld is awesome at events, aren't they?
0: They are. And, uh, you know, they're the first ones to really. You know, that we've seen a lot of detail about uh, different festivals they're going to be having in the spring. Um, I like the 200 culinary offerings. Obviously, you're not going to be able to try all of them, but it gives enough variety that there's going to be something for someone in the family at uh, this event. Um, You know, good choices with the craft beers when you're talking about 75, Uh, the live music. You know, they always seem to have a good atmosphere when they they bring in live music like that there. Um, I'm excited about this. I'm looking at my calendar and I was trying to figure out... uh, you know when I might be able to fit this in.
1: Yeah, I've actually been to a couple of events similar to this. Um it, it, SeaWorld is very underrated with their food. They they have very good food. So I, I really enjoy eating there. And when they have the special events and stuff, it it brings a pretty cool energy to the park.
0: It does. You know, and, and we've talked about this before, but SeaWorld Orlando, you know, is we're talking about all their different events, whether it's Christmas, the Halloween, you know what they're doing here with this event. Um, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle with, uh, Disney and universal right there in their backyard down the road. You've got bush gardens in Tampa. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really take a back seat to those parks.
1: No, you're right. I mean, it, 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 at the very least sits on the same shelf as those parks because, uh, I mean, SeaWorld overall is a pretty underrated park. I, I understand that over the past five or six years, they've made some decisions that were, kind of questionable i'm not talking about like with the oracle whales and stuff but i'm talking about chatter online with you know one train operations on a busy day or or whatever but all that aside you know what they have there is is a fantastic experience beautiful park i love going there um so yeah uh, very very cool all right what's next all right well
0: Tis the season for mergers, it seems. Uh, In the entertainment industry, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Paramount Global are considering a merger. Talks between the leadership of Warner and Paramount are underway, uh, potentially reshaping Hollywood's landscape. So what were your thoughts when you first heard possible merger here?
1: Okay, hear me out. So there's all these YouTube videos and Internet articles about... All these people cut the cable five years ago, but now they're paying more because they have all these streaming services. Well, my thought is if all these streaming services Mm -hmm. merge, maybe that will work because they still got to compete with each other. So you've got like, let me use another example. So you got Disney plus Hulu and ESPN plus. So. ESPN Plus for people like you and I like I I really like the sports documentaries and stuff on it. You probably watch more of it than I do cuz uh, they have like Division 3 football and stuff on it. But that's kind of a throwaway service. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> Hulu and Disney Plus on their own are very attractive. But they made the intention very clear that they intend to fold Hulu into Disney Plus. In fact, on my TV, it asked me to download a new version of Disney Plus that has Hulu as a beta. So the real question is if you've got, let's say they merge all three of those together, can they still market that as a, a 19 or $20 subscription, or is the perception going to be that it's one app and it costs twi- twice as much as everybody else, thus driving the price down? Because I do have Paramount Plus right now, um, and I had Warner Discovery for a little bit on a free trial for about six months, but like, let's say all that content merged together. I mean could this do you think this could potentially at least for the streamers drive the price down i know that's not the direction that yeah thing was going but that's my thought with it
0: yeah i think it would drive it down a little bit
1: yeah i mean that's that's my thought now as far as the content stuff is concerned i don't care Uh, uh, like you know it's the different intellectual properties i guess more access to resources and stuff that could be good but um I know that Warner Discovery, when they merged, that did not go very well, as these mergers have a tendency to do. So this is probably an aftershock from that. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe they'll buy the Paramount Parks again. They'll be the Warner Brothers Parks. (laughs) Yeah. All right, what's next? All right. News from the Milwaukee County Zoo.
0: I like turtles. Uh,
1: the Board of Supervisors, Green Lights Projects, uh, and Adventure Africa will see a $16 million expansion welcoming rhin- rhinosauruses back to the zoo after a pre pandemic absence. So we have the word rhinosauruses written, and I could not spit that. I was like, there's no way that's right. Because I guess to me, it's always been rhinos. Anyway, rhinos will be uh, back to the zoo after. A uh, pre-pandemic absence, along with over 1 million in front entrance upgrades. Construction begins in May 2024, promising a new, renewed experience at the zoo. So that's pretty cool. I'm I'm glad that we're starting to cover the zoos here, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh,
0: you know, zoos, they all have season pass holders, you know, just like the theme parks and amusement parks do. And uh, it's a big part of the attractions industry. So it's good to see. Uh, a lot of these zoos getting these upgrades that they need and seeing, you know, the pandemic, some of the animals that were in some of the zoos, you know, were taken away and it's good to see not only here in Milwaukee, but some other places you're seeing the rhinos and that being brought back in. So, uh, we're excited about this development whenever I'm in a city and I got time, I will check out the zoo. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think it's really nice. Um, especially because, you know, as more resources get dumped into zoos, they, they, treat the animals better. They, they give them more modern amenities and stuff. So they feel like they're in the wild more so than they feel like they're in cages. But, um, you know, they, they certainly dump a lot. I mean, $16 million. That's a lot of money for any place, any entertainment facility. And this zoo is using it to improve the experience, hopefully draw more people so they can do further, better conservation work. So good for them. That's right. All right. So,
0: well, that's the pick six. Some good, good stories there this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, Don, why don't you take the first listener question?
0: It just comes from Jim Flugel, and he says, just for a little fun, if six voters deny the merger with Cedar Fair, and by six, he means six flags, what do you think will happen next? Selling of lower performing parks for capital to reduce debt. Uh, What other scenarios can you think might happen Possible
1: merger with SeaWorld, thoughts and wild thoughts. Ryan, this is right up your alley. <laughs> just a little fun. I like your pun there, Jim. Um, so, the the merger with Six Flags is out of necessity. So, if it got denied by the by the Six Flags shareholders, what I imagine they'll do is probably come back with a different deal that's just a little bit more lucrative for the the shareholders. Um, if it doesn't go through, let's say it's voted down and it's not going to happen, uh, I probably a leverage buyout, so some sort of private equity situation where, you know, you see your your Blackstones, your Apollo Global Management, somebody like that coming in and making a purchase and then cutting costs or whatever, and then spinning it off and making it its own chain again. Um, what do you see, Don? I see it wouldn't be good
0: <laughs> if it doesn't go through. I think they almost have to find a way to make it work. Um, I agree with you that you'd see one of those other, uh, you know, equity firms and that coming in to to make an offer for, you know, one or both of the chains. Um, you would see some parks being, you know, sold sold off, I think, to reduce the debt. Um, you know, it's always interesting to see things like a, a possible merger with, with SeaWorld. I think uh, that, to me, would, would – Fall under those wild thoughts, you know. I think that would be uh, very interesting if they, if that would be who they ended up, you know, partnering with, merging with, being acquired by, you know, any of those kind of things that fit in there. Um, but I think at this point, you know, they, they've, you know, they put it out there that they're trying to work on a merger and all that, and uh, that seems to make the most sense right now for both Six Flags and Cedar Fair. And I think if it goes through, it's going to be a very good thing. Uh, for both chains, it's going to be, you know, beneficial for the guest in a lot of ways. Uh, but,
1: uh, you know, it, it, yeah, Jim, just a little fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim. Thanks for, I'm not going to sleep tonight because of you, Jim. Now, um, so you brought up something interesting, like a merger with SeaWorld. And, uh, you know, SeaWorld was going to ma- merge with Six Flags. And, yeah, you yeah, know, we've heard this story before, okay? What do you think would happen... If SeaWorld and Cedar Fair merged, do you think that Kings Island and Cedar Point would look like SeaWorld in the end?
0: (sighs) You know, I don't, um, I don't, I think it would, they would still, you know, have their own identities and that I think it would just be, you know, they're all just part of the company. It's almost like the Schlitterbahn parks, you know, when they were purchased by Cedar Fair, I think it'd be something like that.
1: See, I see it negatively. Because I, like, you got SeaWorld that does, like, SeaWorld Orlando does about 7 million people a year. Um, So all of a sudden, if you put it to scale, King's Island becomes worlds of fun to them, like, mid to lower tier. And then Michigan's Adventure is a parking lot to them, you know? So I don't think it would be a good thing. I don't think necessarily that they would try to bring animals to the other parks and stuff. Um, and really they haven't like at Bush gardens Williamsburg. They haven't really tried to do that to my knowledge. Uh, no, no, but I, I think that a merger of equals with six flags could be very interesting because, uh, you're going to have the same kind of weight because there's nobody that's like super standout ish that, I mean, you've got your magic mountains, which probably does rather well and then you know Fiesta Texas does rather well but by rather well I think it's in the 3 to 4 million range as far as attendance is concerned but it's not like you would be the little guy compared to the you know 365 day a year park um so that would be my concern with that uh the merger thing will be interesting uh because uh, how this goes for the guests I think is going to be very reliant on mm-hmm. what the financial situation is going to look like after the merger, ultimately they're going to save money, but what are the next three to five years going to look like? Is my concern. Uh, you know, are they get? I mean, mergers are expensive, and there's a lot of costs involved, and and so on. So, do they cut a bunch of budgets? Do they cut operating days and stuff to make it through the next few years before they start realizing these uh, cost savings? I mean, I just don't know. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly can't be full speed ahead, you wouldn't think, you know, going into 2025. I mean, there would have to be some some things to reduce, you know, the cost. And like you mentioned, is it operating days? Is it, um, you know, cutting some special events? Is it not opening, you know, a select number of restaurants and rides? Just whatever it may be to reduce the the, the overhead and the cost, you know, that's going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's not a fun thing when you're talking about mergers and different acquisitions like that uh for anybody that's involved whether you're you know working for a park or you're a pass holder or whatever i mean there's a lot of unknowns that you you know that are out there so uh just not a fun time for a lot of people right now but i do think you know if the merger does go through once it happens i think at the end of the day it will be positive for everybody
1: the horizon will be positive
0: Right. Right. I, th- for the guests, it's going to be a good, but, but I mean, everybody, I mean, the guests, it's going to be a very good, um, you know, thing for you. Um, it brings new opportunities as we've talked about on, on, on the podcast, uh, before, you know, there's different synergies and things like that. Um, but the next few months, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting and, uh, you know, just,
1: it's going to be quite a ride. Right. And I mean, when it comes down to it, you get a lot of people, I, I, You know, we we stick around Cedar Fair people for for the most part who think that oh all Cedar or all Six Flags parks like no restaurants are open, the rides are closed, one train operation. I bet the Six Flags people that are just are only exposed to Six Flags believe that about Cedar Fair too. Uh, But what what I will tell you is that probably the operation of your home park won't be terribly different. It's not going to be like we're Six Flags, one train operation because that's insane. You no, know, not at all. It's it's gonna be whatever makes sense at the time. And again, you know, if you if you're Cedar Point and they're running one train and people are like, This is miserable, I'm not coming back, like they're gonna adjust based on that, you know? So if people are used to a certain level of service, they can't stray from that too far before they start feeling it themselves. Um yeah. so but yeah, you're right. Ultimately there's gonna be a net gain. I mean, anytime that I mean, what Dennis Spiegel was saying, like, napkins will be cheaper, forks will be cheaper. When we're talking about, like, 30 properties, I mean, that's millions of dollars. That's millions of it dollars is. they can put into events and hardware and technology and people and stuff to, to ultimately make it better. It's just a matter of who's going to be helming this in five or six years that decides which direction the ship is going. Uh, fortunately, you have some of the best theme park industry people in the world involved with this.
0: Mm-hmm
1: you do. Cool. All right. So, uh, another question then from Rob Fravor and we've addressed this before, but Rob's a good guy. So we'll, we'll address it again. Uh, question for Don, if Kings Island puts on another coaster stock type event, would you attend? Would
0: I attend? Well, as everyone knows, coaster stock is immensely popular. It sells out, you know, last couple of years, less than 10 minutes. So there it's you know high demand, a lot of people wanna go, they bank on going, they're stressed out about being able to get their tickets that their friends get their tickets, just a lot of things uh you know, when I was involved with it, that's what I you know didn't like, just knowing how uh you know people were almost to the point they were sick to their stomach, you know wondering if they were gonna get the tickets type of thing you know that's that's not uh you know something that uh you know I was excited about with that, but yeah, but there's a demand, and the way I would see it is this, Rob, if I bought a ticket. <laughs> That means that somebody who maybe has gone for, you know, three, four, five, maybe every year of coaster stock, you know, maybe I bumped them out. Um, Maybe someone's friend couldn't go because I bought a ticket. Um, You know, so I, I know how much this event means to a lot of the coaster enthusiasts. So I would not want to be someone that took someone's spot. And when there's only a limited number of tickets out there, that would be the case. Somebody that wanted to go couldn't because I did. At the same time, you know, I'd love to see everybody you know a lot of the coaster stock attendees you know i've become good friends with them I keep in touch with them uh, i see them at other parks Saw a lot of them at uh you know places i went this summer you know holiday world kennywood um dollywood um you know when i was at bush gardens virginia so i ran into a number of the the coaster stock attendees at all these parks and that's what it was, was always, always so uh, on that end you know i'd love to see everybody um, but I don't want to steal someone's spot.
1: So you'd be open to it. Let's say like it's a different universe. It's two days before the event, still tickets available. We're not at a hard note yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's a little bit different if it was one of those things where there were still tickets available at the last minute, you know, right before the event started. But, you know, when it's selling out in under 10 minutes, the demand's there. I don't think that demand's going to go away. And I would feel that somebody got left out if... I bought a ticket.
1: Yeah. Honestly, though, that was kind of how I felt in the later years of it and stuff. I went uh, Mm. the ride warrior weekend and then I went to the first year of coaster stock. Uh, And then the second year I remember I was Mm. because I mean, and you know, obviously coaster stock's a great event. It's very popular. Um, But if you've been around a long time, like you've done a bunch of beast tours. I, I remember doing beast tours with you, uh, during the Susan G. Komen days when people would pay like 50 bucks to yeah. do the Beast Tour and I would be talking to you, but ah, let's just go, you know? So to, to me, it was like the first year I went full board. the second year I kind of like went like just Saturday night or something. And then at that point, I started feeling like there's somebody that would appreciate it a lot more than me that has never gotten to do this stuff. So that's why I stopped attending. You know, I'm not against mm-hmm. going at all. But it's just a matter of, there's a lot of people very gung-ho about it. Um, And for me to take one of their spots, I I wouldn't want to do that as it stands now.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel that, uh, you know, in my travels next summer, it'll be like this year where I have an opportunity to to run into a lot of the coaster enthusiasts that attend this event, you know, whether I'm at the, uh, you know, the parks I mentioned, like Holiday World, Dollywood, Kennywood. You know, Bush Gardens, Virginia, even Bush Gardens, Tampa, wherever it may be, you know, that I'm going to going to see people. Um, But just not all in that one one setting.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great question, Rob. Hey, it's the end of another pick six and it's the end of 2023. So if you haven't listened to the first section, want to reiterate, we want you guys to have a very happy new year. And we'll be back next week. First week of 2024 for some great episodes alongside Don Helbig. I'm Ryan Sir, and Happy New Year to you.